indigenous music culture. Revolutions per minute. Just like bones, items that are dug up, our traditional ceremonial songs need to be protected in that way. Episode 4, New Traditional. To our elders who teach us of our creation and our past, so we may preserve Mother Earth for ancestors yet to come. I remember when we first started really touring Yulali, many people, significant amount of people were threatened that women were out there singing period and not behind a drum and that women were using hand drums. Oh, we would get ridiculed and nasty comments and you can't do that and ridiculous things like that's homosexuality the drum is a male thing and like cuckoo for cocoa puffs revolutions per minute of course that's changed now new traditional might mean continuing on those traditions that have been around for thousands of years and for me having learned them from my mother it's a tradition but we're using a different tool a different tool indigenous music culture preserving what we do have for our people is really important but i also think that if our antecedents were alive today from six seven hundred years ago and they had access to this technology they would totally be using it uh, and making it better thank you very much Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Oz12 coming to you from the RPM.FM studios in Vancouver, BC, in the heart of Coast Salish territories. Welcome to Revolutions Per Minute, Episode 4, New Traditional. What exactly does new traditional mean? Isn't that an oxymoron? Like, how can something be new and traditional at the same time? On this edition of RPM, we're going to try to figure that out, and to do that, we're going to hear from two giants in the field of new traditional indigenous music. Jen Kreisberg from the group Yulali. And traditional musician and composer Russell Wallace. This is RPM. Indigenous music culture. Let's get this revolution started, yo. My name is Jennifer Elizabeth Kreisberg. I'm Tuscarora, Deer Clan. My mother's family is from our ancestral homeland in North Carolina. I'm currently living in Connecticut. Traditional music in the 21st century finds its home in the people. Any indigenous person from Turtle Island that's, that's making music on some level, it's new traditional because it's our people who we are today making the music and formed from our worldview. There's traditional traditional. That's when people are informed by their communities or at the least their families if they weren't able to grow up in or around their communities. Then there's the new traditional. That's another branch off of the one tree of traditional music that you Lali used to do and that I'm continuing to do that's created new today but in the style of our traditional songs but aren't ceremonial so they can be brought out of our communities in a more mainstream context and shared 
outside of our communities. There's some things that should just be kept in the community, but there are things that can and I think should be shared. And that would be, you know, traditional based music made by the people, though. Our individual cultures inspired the music writing from A to Z in every way. We um, committed to making traditional bass music. We don't actually sing our traditional songs. We're not allowed to, and everybody knows about those protocols, or they should. Basically, our culture just informs our lives, really, and thus the music. The reason why we feel it's really important to acknowledge that and honor that is because we've made a living off of being who we are. We've made a living off of our people and it's always super important to acknowledge that and to understand that, to give back to that whenever that we humbly can. Yeah. Is it up above the Misty Mountain? We were a part of Robbie Robertson's first Native album called Music for the Native Americans. It was a soundtrack to uh, the Turner broadcast series, The Native Americans, real creative title. And um, we just got really blessed and lucky. And Robbie had heard of us through the American Indian College Fund. It's uh, friends we had working there at the time. And he, we were one of some of the people he tapped to uh, collaborate with on that album. And that song, he called Heartbeat Drum Song, but it's actually called Makchi. That was actually the uh, theme music for the big show so every time they cut to a commercial or came back to a commercial they play a little piece of that song we toured with him a little abroad and we did jay leno with him with that song it was a lot of fun it was kind of mind-blowing How do you feel about this new wave of traditional stuff that's coming through with sampling? And uh, it's a, I think it's an important, important topic to touch on within uh, music. Preserving what we do have for our people is really important. But I also think that if our antecedents were alive today from six, seven hundred years ago and they had access to this technology, they would totally be using it uh, and making it better. Thank you very much. As long as it's done with respect and as long as it is explicitly acknowledged where these things come from, as long as it's not just stolen, I think that's okay. For example, our song Makchi, the original bass melody of it was actually on a wax cylinder recording, field recordings, and Robbie because at the time he wasn't really working with modern day traditional music. He went to those recordings and brought us a bunch to choose from. That's the one that was chosen. And then we flushed the song out from there. And in the beginning, we just weren't thinking about acknowledging that when we told the story of the genesis of the song, but now we know better. And now that's a part of the story.
there was growth on our part. You know what I mean? It was it was a learning experience to to realize that you know what we need to talk about where the bass melody of that came from. So, you know, I think for some people it's a learning process, but it's really important to acknowledge. And if some elders say, you can't, no, you can't use these songs, then they're just not to be used and just make new ones. It's no big deal. Why is it that these protocols even exist? For some communities, music is one of the few things that's left culturally. There's some communities where language isn't even left, but music is left. In any community, there's a you know, there's different levels of what is left. Some places, uh, people are just a shadow of what they used to be, and I think that why the protocols because music is precious to us and is a, and is a part of who we are. It was a part of our theater and our storytelling and all of that stuff. It it just was a part of us. Everybody sang, you know, you had your better singers in your community, but everybody sang, everybody made music. And it was something that was a part of everybody, the whole community together. What's grown out of that from non-indigenous people is they go to appreciation and then some people take it further and they take. When things are taken, especially out of context, if you're taking a ceremonial song out of the ceremony, off the land and out of context, I believe it loses some of its power, it loses some of its beauty. And then you just have straight up thieves who just take, who want to sell something, even with good intentions sometimes, take something that doesn't belong to them. Those protocols come from the fact that things are still taken and they're not protected, just like bones, just like items that are dug up, just like those things are music especially our traditional ceremonial songs, I think, need to be protected in that way. This is RPM, Revolutions Per Minute. Indigenous music culture. Broadcasting across Turtle Island and around the world from Coast Salish territories. This is episode four, New Traditional, and my name is Oz12. We've just heard from Jen Kreisberg of Ulali, the groundbreaking all-female drum group that paved the way for new traditional music to evolve in the 1990s and beyond. While Ulali was starting their musical revolution on the east coast of Turtle Island, over here on the west coast, Russell Wallace was also shaking things up. This is his track, Eagle Song.
My name is Russell Wallace, and I come from the Lilwat Nation, and uh, my tr traditional name is Kakiakshut. In the late 80s, there wasn't a whole lot of regulation, I guess. I mean, like Public Enemy, all their you know late 80s stuff was all samples and Della Soul, like, and so like a lot of those groups use music from all different sources. But you know, nowadays with the copyright, you're not able to do that as as much. You were one of the first, uh, you know, indigenous artists. Uh, I guess even before these hip hoppers were doing this stuff, but to sample and use uh, traditional music. Uh, while you experimented back in the 80s and uh, but what, what were people's reactions to that when you did that? Well, it was part of a whole movement called uh, neo-nativism at that point and uh, basically we saw our tradition fitting into contemporary society through technology you know, whether it was through video or writing or through music and so that was one of the the steps was to take you know, some traditional music and add all these new elements to it and uh, back then I had a turntable on stage playing Chief Dan George a recording of Chief Dan George and mixing that in with flute music that I've treated with lots of reverb and whatnot and but also incorporated some some different beats and stuff at that point a lot of people kind of thought it was just not having any solid grounding or, or whatever whatever it was but um but there were those other people like the, in, within the Aboriginal community that really got into it and really liked what was happening. I've recorded a lot of singers, but like they were at political events, like political protests and whatnot. And so like it was a community singing. And so uh, when we recorded the political speeches, we also recorded the, the songs that were sung there. And so that's where a lot of my source material had come from was during those events and so for me like they were they were public and so like I used that and but yeah now I know it's like I gotta get permission to do that and and that's why I sort of base everything around my own my own tradition and my own songs and create things that are in my own traditional form. For me it's always starting from the tradition first that's where there's no confusion as to what the music is. It's it's rooted in tradition, so therefore, it, you know, I can take that and I can adapt that to whatever situation it is. And for me, that's where I'm comfortable. I, I don't have any Western music training, so like, you know, to, to come from that approach would be a whole new ball game for me. It's like, I wouldn't know where to start. So like, as long as I know where I come from traditionally, then I can, you know, branch out into Western music or Asian music or, you know, any other music from around the world as long as I, you know, rooted in that in that tradition. You worked with Jen Kreisberg and uh, Pira Fey, uh, both of you, Lali, and also myself, and we created this piece called The Road Forward. What are your views on this, like, kind of inter-tribal mixing of styles and sounds? Where does that fall under protocol? Um, I think that's what we've done all the time and uh, you know in times of peace that's what we did and you know that's how we got along and you know we shared songs and we shared dance we shared we shared food and we shared land and resources and uh, I, I think it's with colonialism that this whole idea of tribalism came into being and you know so I can't you know use anything from your tribe or from your family and 
a lot of things I do understand, like ceremonial things and, you know, clan songs and whatnot, but social songs, like I know with my work with the Aboriginal Women's Voices back in the 90s, it was bringing together women from all these different cultural groups and teaching each other their songs, but also creating new ones. That's where I felt that we as Aboriginal people came together and promoted a lot of this. And uh, I you know, was so fortunate to be part of that. And this intertribalism of working within the arts is an old thing. And uh, I'm glad to see that it's coming back again. We do need unity in a lot of areas. I think that the sky is the limit, as long as it's done with respect. A good way to chin check yourself is to go through elders. I remember when we first started really touring Yulali, significant amount of people were threatened that women were out there singing period and not behind a drum and that women were using hand drums. Oh, we would get ridiculed and nasty comments and you can't do that and ridiculous things like that's homosexuality, the drum is a male thing and like cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs things. Of course that's changed now, it's, it's all good. There's so many women hand drum groups now and drum groups, which is a beautiful thing to behold. After those ridiculing and those things started happening at shows, during shows, after shows, we would just start going up to the elders in those communities or our own elders and just saying, what do you, we even asked our own grandma on the input effect. We were just like, what do you think of what we're doing? Be brutally honest, tell the truth. And not one elderly person in any community ever said it's bad or stop doing it or gave us any criticism. It was always keep doing what you're doing. What you're doing is good. One heart, one with our spirits combined One heart, one mind With our spirits combined One heart, one mind With our spirits combined One heart, one mind With our spirits combined So, a good way to chin for people to check themselves if they're experimenting and taking things in a new direction that, that some people may not like is to check with elders. It's always the best way. That doesn't mean that every older person is smart or is going to give you good advice because <laughs> you know there, that's no guarantee either but that's what we did it's jazz man it's everything it's all of it rap the rock blues all of it is new traditional that's what i think people might disagree but um it's informed by us and who we are today in a hundred years from now people will probably look back at some of the songs that were created today and think that's traditional that's traditional
listening to Revolutions Per Minute. Indigenous music culture. This track is called The Road Forward and it features Jen Kreisberg and Russell Wallace. We heard from both of them here on this episode of RPM. This has been episode four, New Traditional. Hit us up at RPMFM on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. Do you have a musician you'd like to see featured on our podcast? Or maybe you're a musician yourself. Check out the Get Involved section of our website, rpm.fm. And be sure to check out the rest of the site for the newest news and content from Turtle Island's indigenous music culture. My name is Oz12. It's been great to be here with you again, but I'm out. Peace. I feel your breath. I know your pain. I hear you cry. We carry the load together, you and I. That's traditional. I'm a big loop girl. I love looping and sampling. Buffy St. Marie does it. (laughs) She actually, her and I had, not to name drop, but when I was touring with her, she gave me some great advice about that. And she was just like, you know, in 10, 20 years, everyone's going to be doing it. Don't listen. And, you know, she's like, you know, you can sing. So loop and sample away. She's like, don't let anything stifle your creativity. So that's, I'll leave you all with that. That's traditional. RPM.